0: in apex north carolina stay tuned at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us so be sure to have a pen and paper ready today pastor rodney will be teaching from the book of luke chapter two so grab your bibles and follow along now with today's teaching here's pastor rodney
1: there's things that you learn in old age that you cannot know without maturity and time. You know, I think of what David said in Psalm 37, verse 25. He said, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants as God's people begging bread. I love that verse. Because David walked with God and he made mistakes and he messed up royally. And he can say in his old age, when I was young and now that I'm old, I know that God takes care of his people. I hope that encourages you today. Does that encourage you? I hope it does. No matter what you're going through, this is the verse that I lean on in this failing economy. David said, I was young, and I've gotten to the point where I'm old. But in all of those years, my God has never forsaken me. That's what he's saying. Are you getting me? And God will never forsake you. We don't have to get scared and fearful and the economy's failing. God will not forsake his people. Will you forsake your child? then why do you think God would forsake you? He never will because he loves us. Well, look at verse 39. I got to move forward. Look at verse 39. The story gets better. Look at verse 39. So when they had performed all things, you looking at verse 39? So when they had performed all things, according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew. Would you circle that in your Bible? The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on his life. Well, his parents, in verse 44, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the day's As they returned, the boy lingered behind, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a journey, a day's journey, that's about 20 or 30 miles. They went a day's journey and they sought him among their relatives and the acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was in verse 46 that after three whole days, they found him where? In the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him, are you getting me? Look at verse 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And so, When they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you and we've been anxious looking for you. And he said to them, the first recorded words of Jesus in the book of Matthew, why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they didn't get it. They didn't understand. Well, then in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. You remember last week, give me your attention. You remember last week I gave you the chronology of Jesus' early life. After Mary went through the 40 days of purification process, Mary and Joseph, I told you, they go back to Nazareth and they get their things and then they go to Bethlehem. And then the wise men show up bearing gifts Matthew chapter 2. While in Bethlehem, Joseph was warned in a dream that Herod was trying to kill all the male children, two years old and younger. And so then Joseph goes to Egypt. They stay there for several years until Herod dies. And then they return to Nazareth where Jesus is raised. And that is why he is known as Jesus the Nazarene, because he was raised in Nazareth. Now, I find it interesting, saints, look at this. I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit chose to use the most natural and simple word for growing and maturing and aging process. Notice, the child grew. That's a very natural word. The child grew. Jesus grew like any other person. He grew. And boy, do they grow quickly. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? This weekend, you buy them some shoes, you go to the store. Has it happened to anybody but me? Took that boy to the store. I ain't gonna tell you who it was, but he was over there. (laughs) Took that boy to the store, let him measure his feet because we get a pair of sneaks that cost two million dollars. They keep going up. And uh, his feet was a nine. I'm telling you, a week later he could not fit those shoes. Took him back to the store, his foot was a 13. I'm saying, I don't know what they are now. They're probably like a 31 or something. I don't, uh, (laughs) you see his feet coming before you see him. Don't tell him I told you. (laughs) But they grow and you buy them clothes this week and they're out of them the next week or you take a picture of them one year and the next year they look completely different. Children grow. The child Jesus, he grew like any other child. And Luke is the writer, listen, that gives us a brief but valuable record of Jesus from babyhood to boyhood, from boyhood to bar mitzvah, from bar mitzvah to manhood. And he grew in Nazareth. Now, you know, I've told you in the past, Nazareth was a village in Galilee, quiet, insignificant, rural, and yet it was also notorious and rude, and there was wickedness there. You remember John chapter one? Philip found Nathanael and said, we have found the one that Moses wrote about. We found the Messiah. And Nathanael said, can any, does anybody know? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So I tell you that, to tell you this, it wasn't easy for Jesus to grow up in Nazareth. It was a wicked, evil Place, But it was in Nazareth that Jesus learned to walk and he learned to run. He learned to pick up things and put down things. And as a baby, he had baby knowledge. And as a toddler, he had toddler knowledge. He grew. He went to school. He went to synagogue. He was a perfect baby, a perfect boy, a perfect youth, and a perfect man. And when he came in the world, listen, he did not come in the world with all wisdom. He grew in that as well. I think we forget that the people in the Bible, listen, here's a key of which I try to read the Bible as if the characters in it are real people. I think sometimes we read the Bible and the Bible is way out there because it's, it's unattainable to us. I mean, the people in here are holy The people in here are more spiritual than we are. Not so. These are normal, everyday people. And when you read the Bible like that, then you try to get into the story and you try to kind of read behind the story, kind of what I call the white space. You try to read that white space as to what is behind the story, which kind of draws a scene and gives us a better understanding of the story. Jesus was just like any other baby. He didn't come in the world with all wisdom, He grew in wisdom and in God's spirit was upon him. As a matter of fact, I think of Isaiah chapter 53, verse two, for he, Jesus, shall grow up before him, grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. Jesus grew up like any other baby. Notice in verse 41, I find it interesting. Go ahead and look at verse 41. You're looking at it. Notice it says that both parents, in verse 41, his parents, plural, went every year to the feast of the Passover. Mary and Joseph went every year. Now, I point this out because, listen, it wasn't a requirement for women to go to Jerusalem every year. It was a requirement for all males to appear in Jerusalem Three times a year at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. How do you know that, Rodney? We find that in Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 16, it tells us that all males were to appear before the Lord your God three times a year. The whole family could go, but it wasn't a requirement for the whole family to go. It was a requirement that all males go to Jerusalem. But Mary, the Bible tells us in verse 41, she went every year. Why? I think because Mary had a deep devotion to the Lord and she wanted to be around the things of God as much as she could Let's just face it. She's a mother of God. She brought the Messiah into the world. God showed her a lot of things, and angels spoke to her, and she prophesied, and she sang to the Lord. This 16 year old girl was deeply, deeply. By this time, she's probably about 18, or maybe even older than that, to tell you the truth. Let me see. About this time, she would probably. Now, I hadn't done the math on this already, but let's see. About this time, Mary would have been about 28. She'd have been about 28 because Jesus is about 12 in this chapter. So if she was 16, 16 is 12 is how much? So Mary would have been about 28. But she loved the Lord and she loved Jesus and she didn't want to miss anything. Now understand this, at the age of 13, listen, a young boy is bar mitzvah today if you are jewish and you are here today you know that at the age of 13 you have a bar mitzvah or you are bar mitzvah many scholars believe that in the bible days or 2000 years ago that a boy would be bar mitzvah at the age of 12 the word bar mitzvah comes from two words bible students if you're taking notes it comes from two words bar meaning somebody help me son of Remember Simon Bar-Jonah? Simon, son of Jonah. Bar means son of and mitzvah means the law. The Torah. The son of the Torah. So many scholars believe that this happened about the age of 12. So here Jesus is, a junior high or high schooler, about the age of 12, and he's about to take a day trip to the temple. He's going to his father's house. I think for Jesus, that was probably pretty exciting. I don't know about you, but I remember the days of being in school when we used to take the day trips and we used to have like, I'm come from Philly, I'm from Philly. And we used to go to Washington, D.C., And we used to uh, go to the White House and go to the Capitol and the monument and and go to the Oval Office. They used to host tours and stuff like that. And and when I was going to school, they were free. Nowadays, I understand y'all pay for, for, they're charging kids to teach them. Somebody help me. Nowadays, they're charging kids for day trips. I used to love those day trips. One, I used to love them because we used to, didn't have to be in class. I mean. I like that. And then it was just a wonderful, exciting thing. And I look at Jesus and now he's going to take a day trip to the temple with his parents and he's going to his father's house. But that reminds me of Psalm 27, verse 4, as David, again, he writes, It's one thing I have desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after all man that's on the screen. Y'all got to read it with me. One thing, y'all got to read it with me. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Y'all got to read it with me. One thing that I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This is a wonderful verse. What David is saying is I want to be in church. I don't know about you, but I love being in church. Just by a round of applause. Anybody with me? I love being in church. Love it. There's no other place to be. I'd rather be in church than 10,000 other places. I was telling some people yesterday at a funeral we had here at Calvary Chapel. I told some people yesterday, I said, you know, it's better to be in church. And according to the Bible, it is better to be at a funeral than to be at a festival. Man, those people are looking at me like I lost my mind. I said, it's better to be at a funeral than be at a festival because Ecclesiastes 7 verse 2, Solomon said just that. It's better for you to be in a funeral than be at a party. Because in a funeral, it is at that point that you come to realize face-to-face the finality of life and the reality that every single one of us is going to die someday. When you're at a party, you ain't think about dying. Not unless you're crazy. But you're not thinking about dying, you're partying. It's better to be in the house of the Lord than any other place, saints. Come to church. Did you hear me? Come to church. You'll be blessed. God will speak to you. That's what David said. I desire to be in the house of the Lord. Well, saints, back to our study. Notice while they are in Jerusalem, did you get this? Mary and Joseph lost the Messiah. Did you get that? Now, get the scene. Here you go. They're leaving Jerusalem, the women are walking ahead. The men are walking behind, talking in fellowship, and probably about the great time they had in Jerusalem. Children are walking behind them, and Mary and Joseph are thinking that Jesus is with the family or Jesus is with the company. So finally, Joseph said, "Hey, Mary, where's uh, Jesus?" And Joseph said, and Mary said, "I, I thought you had him." And jo- Joseph said, "No, I thought you had him. He was with." And Mary's like, Joseph. You are always losing things. Because <laughs> women got a steel trap memory. Women, remem- fellas, listen, ladies, put your fingers in your ear. Fellas, women got a steel trap memory. They remember stuff. And me and I were talking, and we get into some loud fellowship. <laughs> Hallelujah. We get into some loud fellowship. Y'all need to write that down. Take that one with you. That was a freebie. (laughs) We get into some loud fellowship. And I'm telling you, that woman pulled stuff out from way back when. She's like, I remember back in 1982, it was 7.30 at night on the couch in the living room. You said this and I said that. And she goes, oh, I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, you said it. Honey, I don't. was I even alive then? I don't even know what you're talking about. Women just remember stuff. I don't know how they do it. So Mary's like, Joseph, Jesus was with you. And of course, Mary and Joseph are probably thinking, great, of all the human beings on earth, God entrusted us with the Messiah and we lose him. (laughs) So they're searching all over for him and they couldn't find him for three days. And they search up and down, back and forth and saints, listen, my heart goes out to them. Parents, how scary is that? You can't find your child. You told them to go outside and play on the sidewalk and you go out there an hour later and they're not there. And you go around looking for them and they are not there and you can't find them and you can't sleep. I'm sure Mary and Joseph didn't sleep. They didn't eat. They're probably calling missing persons, probably Amber Alert. Well, Maybe it was Mary Alert then, I don't know. But they can't sleep, they're upset and they're probably waiting for, they're probably laying in the bed just waiting for the angel to show up because every time something happens, the angel shows up. And they're like, I'm sure the angel's coming one of these old nights. I just know it, three nights went by, I just know they're laying there and they're thinking the angel's gonna come and go, okay, what'd you do with him? They don't know. They don't know where he is. Now saints, listen, there is a good, great, listen, application for us here today. Because there are many people, listen, who go to church and are never born again. There are many people who join the church in membership through some tradition. There are many people who attend church and they're religious and yet they're born again and they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And just like Mary and Joseph, they assume that Jesus is traveling with the company and they assume that Jesus was with them only to find out at the end of the journey that he's not there and he's never been there. Huh? And there are many saved people. Are you listening? There are many Christian people, saved people, I see it over and over again, who lose Jesus. What do you mean, Rodney? Listen, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. Listen to me. I see it over and over and over again in the church. We get saved, we're born again, we're excited about the Lord, we're excited to go to church, we're excited about worship, we're excited to get in a Bible study, we feel the presence of God moving, we feel God working in our lives, and then somewhere along the path, we've been growing and we've been doing just fine, but somewhere along the path, we lose him, and we become religious And we become sanctified and we become holy and we become spiritual (laughs) because we get a little bit of knowledge. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just talking. I know it's not you. Because we get a little bit of knowledge about Jesus or, you know, you've been walking with the Lord for some time and God's blessed you and you know the things of God. And then all of a sudden you get religious and you get sanctified and you start becoming pharisaical in your attitude. And when you become a Pharisee and you become religious, let me tell you something. You just lost the Messiah. Because I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. You read your Bible. He never has been religious. Jesus is not into religion. This is a misnomer in the world. People are like, oh, (laughs) I'm so glad you found religion. Listen, I didn't find religion. I got a relationship. Jesus was in it. Jesus didn't tell anybody, come follow the Baptists. He didn't say follow the Lutherans. He didn't say follow the Methodists. He didn't say follow the Calvary Chapelites. I don't know, some folks think, oh, y'all, what church you go to? Well, I go to this church. Oh, y'all ain't teaching verse by verse? <laughs> oh, <no>. Well, y'all, <laughs> wait, y'all, y'all not really in the word. I mean, <laughs> you're not teaching verse by verse like we do at Calvary. People get like that. Don't be like that. Calvary Chapel, although it is the most fantastic church I've ever been <laughs> Although it is a wonderful blessing to all of the people of God, (laughs) Calvary Chapel is not the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And now I want you to clap your hands. Would you do that? Because he is. And we have to be careful that we don't find ourselves becoming religious, becoming spiritual, Expecting people to be where you are, where you've been walking with the Lord for 25 years, they've been walking with the Lord for 25 days, and you start looking down your nose at them because they're not where you are. And when you are like that, you've lost Jesus. Religious people have lost Jesus. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about licentious living. I'm not talking about doing whatever you want and living any kind of way you want. But I am saying that we have to be careful that we don't find ourselves becoming so religious that we lose the Messiah.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0-9-2-3. That's one 800 923 Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time... May you be salt and light.